This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. SETN Preps heading into week number five of the high school football season. I'm Chris Goforth. He is Chandler Morrison, and we are here to get you set for the midway point of the high school football is it really the midway point, Chandler? Are we really halfway through the regular season already? Chris, don't make me get emotional about this. I just got into football season. Now it feels like it's almost over. Man, it goes by so quick. It goes by so quick. But it is um, it is week number five across the state. Some teams have played five games. Some teams have played four games. Some teams, thank you to the weather, have played less than four games this year so it's been kind of a strange start to the high school football season with the uh, with the weather situation but here we are we are in week number five we've got a big rivalry game this week we'll talk about with Bradley and Cleveland we'll kind of get to that one a little bit later on want to remind you SETN podcast comes to you twice a week you can find us on a Monday and on a Thursday and we always are either previewing uh, games like we will be today. We'll talk about this week's game, and then next Monday you can join us for a recap of what happened over the course of the weekend. You can find us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/setnpreps. You can also find us uh, on iTunes, where you can download the show there um, on iTunes. Just search the SETN Preps Podcast. You can find us. We want you to subscribe to it, review it. Rate us, all that, through iTunes. We'd glad to have you a part of what we're doing. As uh, Again, we've been doing this since uh, back in week one, and we'll continue to do it throughout this uh, high school football season, and we're glad that you decided to uh, spend a little bit of time with us this week. So let's get right into it. One thing we like to do before we get into talking about the games is kind of touch on some of the news and notes of, of what's going on, not just locally, but kind of across the state of Tennessee. And I'll be honest, Chandler, I can't believe that we didn't talk about this on Monday when we were uh, recapping the weekend, but a game of some significance across the state. You had the number one team in 3A beat the number one team in 6A this week when Alcoa beat Maryville 34-28 in their big rivalry. A, a, listen, that is a, you talk about intense rivalries. And I know we've got a couple of them here. Alcoa and Maryville, that is an intense rivalry. And it had been a little while for uh, for Alcoa to get a win over their, over their arch enemy, but they were able to do that on Friday. That, that is one of the more interesting um, scores I saw this week. It, it is the most interesting because then you have to kind of start wondering, okay, what, what is this? Is this telling us that 6A – is is, is kind of down this year. I've heard some talks across the state about 6A being down, or is this more of Alcoa is Alcoa, and Alcoa is just, you know, they can hang with anybody in the state. I mean, what what really is this? That's the question that, that brings it. I, I don't know, but if I had to venture, you know, as much as we talk about Alcoa, and by the way, if you're any part of Tennessee high school football, I don't care whether you're way out in Memphis, up in Johnson City, or, you know, I don't care where you are in the state, if you know high school football in Tennessee, you know the name Alcoa. Yeah, it's true. It's just, 
it doesn't matter what division, doesn't matter private, public, whatever, you know the name Alcoa. Maybe and, it's and time. Maribel, Maybe it's yeah. time here. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some friends in class three A right now. Maybe it's time uh, that Alcoa <laughs> moves up. Maybe they need to go play four A or five A or maybe they need to be playing in six A. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the last uh, kind of reshifting of, of of regions and everything, Alcoa was supposed to be two A and they moved up to three A. Yeah, they're already playing up a classification. You're right. I mean, yeah. I say that I say that kind of tongue in cheek about a moving up and playing, mm-hmm. you know, 5A and 6A, but heck, you just beat the number one. You just beat the most, uh, probably the second most dominant team mm-hmm. uh, in Tennessee high school football, Alcoa, at least among the public schools, just beat the most dominant team in the state, regardless of classification, public, private, whatever, in Maryville. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Let me tell you, if you have never been to a Maryville alcoa game, it is a sight to see. I mean, it is, um, it is very college-like in its atmosphere. Both teams always have fantastic players. You know about the great coaches that have been on both of those sidelines over the years. It's it really is honestly. If you can go to it and you don't have a dog in the fight, it is a fun game to go watch. It's it's a fun game to go people watch at, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I I just think it was a great, you know, it's it's a great game to watch always. And to, to my point, I mean, you just wonder sometimes if Alcoa should just move. You wonder sometimes if Alcoa should just move to the private school division. You really do. <laughs> but you know, I I, I kind of have you know, for some teams you would think, well, you know, maybe they're good right now. Maybe they're really good. Like you think at some point Alabama is really good. Maybe they should play the Cleveland Browns and see if they can get a shot at them, right? But Alcoa is one of those teams where you're like, okay, when they fall off, though, they're not going to be a fit for 5A, 6A, or even 4A right. because, you know. But when do they fall off, Chris? I don't think they fell off the map for God knows how long. Yeah, and, and here's going back to your original point, Chandler, on what does this say about 6A football in the state. You and I just talked on Monday about how, over the years, Chattanooga teams – in 5A and 6A, end up going, 6A especially, end up going into Knoxville in November and dying in the playoffs. And we've got a couple of Chattanooga-Knoxville matchups this week that um, we'll talk about here in a, in a few minutes. I don't know, if you're if you're Udawa, does this give you a little more hope now? You know, that maybe, because, look, let's face it, everybody in that region pretty much says, okay, who's going to finish second, yeah. right? We talked about that before. Yeah, so if you're Udawa, do you now go, hmm, maybe we don't have to settle for second anymore. Maybe we've maybe we've got a chance. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you in the fact that I think 6A becomes, across the state, becomes much more interesting to watch. But I say all that to say, Come the first Saturday in December, I fully, fully expect to see Maryville playing in the 6A state championship game. I mean, I just, you know, losing to Alcoa or not losing to Alcoa, whatever, I still expect them to be there in the end. Yeah, as much as I say down 6A, like I don't really feel that 6A is down as much as it just became more competitive uh, kind of with, it's kind of like a, like you talk about, like a momentum shift. You kind of look at the rest of 
six A football, and they're like, "Hey, we have a shot now." Yeah. Um, but 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 staying in the big schools like that, uh, and another rivalry. Yeah, let's go to one this week: the Battle of the Borough, uh, Oakland. They've been really the only team in uh, in in that in that division that's been able to beat Maryville over the past few years. Uh, Chris, it's it's reaching its fiftieth year, and I kind of wanted to talk about the aspect of because I could care less about anything going on in Murfreesboro, just not having it in Chattanooga. But this is a really good rivalry, and I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on this, and I, I'll, I'll tag in too, but what were your thoughts on how this compares to some of the great rivalries we know around Chattanooga, the South Pittsburgh Marion, the Baylor McCauley, the, the Cleveland Bradley Central? Well, I think all three of those rivalries are unique, and I have been to about 10 Baylor McCauley games. I, I don't even want to tell you how many um, – you know, Marion County, South Pittsburgh games I've gone to since the late 70s. Um, and yourself? now Bradley and Cleveland, I have never been to a Bradley Cleveland game. Never have seen it. Would love to. Each of those three rivalries, they're all a little bit different. Um, I think Baylor McCauley is very, almost a very college-like type atmosphere. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance and pageantry around it. I think that makes it a fun game to go watch. Um, love to watch that game. Even when the teams aren't necessarily that great, the game itself, there's there's so much intensity between those two. Um, I love to see it. I think the Bradley-Cleveland rivalry is the closest thing that we have here to the Marion County South Pittsburgh rivalry only because look it's the those rivalries are based off of a of a strong dislike for each other the reason why I put Marion County South Pittsburgh ahead of Bradley and Cleveland is because of the success that both Marion County and South Pittsburgh have had on a fairly regular basis over the last 50 years you know, Cleveland has had their run. It's it's been a little while since Bradley has been able to since Bradley's brought home a gold ball. But they have had their moments, but they haven't been nearly as consistently good uh, on the state level as Marion County and South Pittsburgh had. But I do think those two rivalries are kind of similar. Um, you you don't have quite the same kind of community aspect. It's not Jasper versus South Pittsburgh. It's not this community versus that community. The way it, it you know it, with the with the Bradley Central and and Cleveland rivalry, um, but it's about as close as we get. As far as any of the other rivalries, again, I have been to an Alcoa Maryville game. Um, it is absolutely, I mean, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It reminds me a lot of the um, probably a little more of a Baylor Macaulay type atmosphere than it does a Marion County South Pittsburgh type atmosphere, um, or a what I would expect a Bradley Cleveland. Because here's the thing: I'm assuming Bradley and Cleveland are this way. I can tell you, Marion County's this way, and South Pittsburgh. The tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. Baylor Macaulay's fun. Alcoa Maryville is fun. There is nobody having fun when Marion County and South Pittsburgh play until one <laughs> team either blows the other one out and you finally get a chance to relax 
or the game is over and your team wins, then you're happy. Otherwise, most people there are a gigantic ball of stress until that game gets decided one way or the other. Yeah, I kind of had the same feeling with you as this. I, I wonder, though, if you take away, and this is, we keep talking about Maryville, I'm sure this is not the last time we'll mention Maryville in this podcast today. So you take out Maryville, is Bradley Center Cleveland more comparative to South Pittsburgh Marion at that point? Well, you mean from a historical perspective as far as oh, yeah. as the yeah, winning and, championships and, and – And the tradition and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got I mean, a great tradition. tradition there, both yeah. Bradley and Cleveland. They, they both have great traditions. I don't know. I mean, I, that's one of those things where you'd almost have to go back and look at it and go year by year. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't know. It's yeah. off. You can't argue with the success Marion County and South Pittsburgh oh, yeah. have had oh, yeah. in the month of November. It, it's fact. It is fact. You can go look it up. Nobody wins in November like those two programs. So, mm-hmm. um, and that is part of what makes that rivalry so. I think so great is because you know. And if you're South Pittsburgh, you lay a, a whipping on them, you feel pretty good about, you know, going to Greenback or going to Coalfield or wherever you're going to go in the postseason. Same thing goes to, you know, for Marion County. You you lay a whipping on South Pittsburgh, you're feeling pretty good about Trousdale County or whoever you, you're going to see in, in the postseason. So, um, you know, anything else is speculative. But I can tell you, it's a fact with those two teams, just like it's a fact with Maryville and Alcoa and how good both of those programs have been in November. Do want to make mention, Chandler, as we kind of wrap up our news and notes segment here, Clinton and Anderson County, uh, apparently the coaches got into a fight after last week's game. I don't know a ton about this. Um, Anderson County's athletic director and assistant coach, Gary Terry, he got suspended two games by the Anderson County school system. Their assistant coach, Rusty Gillum, was suspended for one game, and Clinton head coach, Randy McCamey, was suspended for one game as well. All that was handed down by the school system. Now, the TSSAA still has the option to be able to come in and levy some more penalties, levy fines uh, if they choose to do so against the schools, or they could, could take a look at these quote-unquote self-imposed penalties and say, okay, guys, that's that's enough. So there could be more to this story. As a matter of fact, yep. by the time folks listen to this podcast, they may know what the outcome of this uh, it truly is between these two. It's not the first time we've seen coaches getting a little scuffle uh, after a football game on Friday night. No, and, and Chris, this has some implications for the Chattanooga area, you know, because you talk about, that uh, region, region two, four, you know, region two and four A. Anderson County is right there with Hickson, Sequoia, Chattanooga Central, East Ridge, and, and East Hamilton. They're right there, and Howard. I forget Howard. Sorry, gotta give some love to, to the Tigers. You know, they're all in that same region. And Anderson County right now, when you look at that region, you know, they look like they could be sitting on top of that region because they're four and zero and one and zero in that region right now, and a lot still has to play out. So you look at this, you say, well, if sanctions are handed down, if you're suspended, this could have very big implications on the Chattanooga area, uh, you know, as far as that region is concerned. Let's hop into our game previews this week. Let's start 
with Central and East Hamilton, a battle of two and two teams this year. Chandler, we've talked a lot this year about Central. You've been on the Central train since way back in the summer telling me how good these guys were going to be. One of the things that I think we may have failed at this year is every time we've talked about East Hamilton, we've talked about, well, they're probably in a rebuilding mode, yada, yada, yada. Well, look, East Hamilton may be rebuilding, but they're 2-2 two and two right now. After going 3-7 and seven a year ago, they're just one win away from equaling last year's win total. And I don't think we've talked enough about that where East Hamilton is concerned that, you know, while, yes, it may be a, a bit of a rebuilding year for them, they're a program that has a chance to end up improving in victories over last year by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, you've still got Hickson, you still got Howard, uh, you know, and who knows? This, you know, if, if they've not really, they played one region opponent in East Ridge, you know, who knows? Because they played, you know, Cy Daisy, Udawa, and Signal Mountain, who have all been, you know, we, we talked all season about how they've been really good teams, especially Signal Mountain with that passing up attack. You know, they've been good against the larger schools in the past few weeks. You know, they're still in contention for this region. And, you know, they've still got some wins that they can that they can pull out here. You know, with Sequoia, with Hickson, with Howard, they could potentially, with an upset, double their win total from last year. And not many teams really can do that. But this game will be crucial for the reason, because this game against Chattanooga Central will determine whether they are for real in 4A or if they're just another pretender when it comes to the playoffs. See, you know, Central's in exposition with the running game uh, in this one. And this one has the, has the potential to be close. Because of the region, I don't know that it will be, but if East Hamilton shows up, they say, hey, we're going to try to get in the driver's seat in this region, you know, because that would put them at 2-0 and in this region if they can pull out the win against Central and in very good position because Central is set to be one or two in that region. You know, this could have very big implications on whether East Hamilton is, you know, a home playoff team or they're kicked out of the playoffs. Well, these are two teams, too, that neither one of them want to throw the ball. You could probably no. play this game Friday night in about 50 minutes. Yep. Because, uh, the, the, again, there's not going to be a lot of passes thrown. My only issue with Central, and I, I like Central in this game, but my only issue is the fact that they're coming off a really bad loss against Notre Dame. Yeah. So how do you get it back together and be able to respond in a uh, when you're coming back off of a loss like that to try to play a game that, that has a lot more meaning in it against East Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, that just adds more, I mean, more motivation to East Hamilton because when you have a lot of times in these kind of games where you don't really know what's going to happen in a region matchup, it's not really a rivalry game as much as it is just an unpredictable game. When you have that kind of, you know, bad loss that you had against Notre Dame last week, which I'll say they scored 35 points in that loss too, so, you know, the offense was still rolling. Um you know, you wonder if this is like the perfect storm, um, no pun intended, for the Hurricanes of East Hamilton, uh, for East Hamilton to be able to win this game. Somebody will finally get a win when East Ridge plays Signal Mountain. We talked a little Somebody. bit about we we talked a little bit about uh, Signal Mountain uh, in our podcast on Monday. I just wonder how East Ridge will match up with those tall Signal Mountain wide receivers. That's the key to this game. I think if you can mm-hmm. – you take those guys out of this game for East Ridge, 
you've got yourself a chance in this one if you can take those 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", wide receivers that Signal Mountain's going to throw at you if you can remove them and make them a non-factor. East Ridge, they just started showing signs of life last, last week versus Brainerd. They lost 21-18. It was, you know, about as close as loss you can get. The other three have not been so close that they've had. You know, it, it is Signal Mountain. They are going to pass, but we've seen that Signal Mountain has been kind of inconsistent. You know, I, I can't I can't keep in my mind stop thinking about uh, the, the, the Tyner game, Signal Mountain Tyner, where, you know, they lost by a big margin, but then they just, you know, they – they, they weren't, the offense wasn't going, then all of a sudden it was, you know. So it's just been a roller coaster season for them, even though they haven't won a game. So, you know, I think that this is the game that the Eagles have to lose. I don't see East Rich pulling this out as a win as much as I see Signal Mountain handing it to them with mistakes, with, with bad passes, with, with bad execution. So I think it's going to be a, a game that Signal Mountain has to make mistakes in for East Rich to get the win. Uh, honestly, when you go down there, because that prolific passing offense is just too good, um, they're going to have to make some mistakes for that to happen. Got another one this week. This is one of those key games involving Knoxville teams and Chattanooga teams. Mm -hmm. William Blunt visits Ottawa. William Blunt has had a hard time scoring points. Ottawa, I think, is a team that we're just beginning to see how good they can really be, how good they can really be. I just wonder whether or not William Blunt is able to slow down Udawa's playmakers. I, I think Udawa, from a skill position set, they're going to be as good as anybody at just about every level in the state, uh, at least with the starters that they're going to put out there with their skill guys. I just want to know if William Blunt can keep up with them. Yeah, that defense is going to show up if they want to win. I mean, in their wins, by the way, Chris, here's some stats for you. In their wins, they've allowed an average of 6.5 points. Okay? You talking Less about Udawa? Touchdown. No, William Blount. All right. Lay it on me. Less than, so, in their wins, they're giving up less than six points a game. Less than a touchdown. Okay. okay 6.5. In their losses, they've allowed an average of 38.5 points. 38 and a half. Okay, so they're, they're giving up five-and-a-half touchdowns in their losses. So it's as simple as this. If they can stop the offensive juggernaut that Tyrell Stanford is, then it, you know they have a chance to win it. If not, the Owls could be looking at a 2-0 region start with that motivation they got from that Alcoa win over Maribel, and they could be looking hot and pretty at the top of this region even early on. Well, it's this is also a game that's equally as important for William Blunt because if you yeah. if you can win, you, this is one of those games they need if you're going to have a shot to be able to get in the playoffs. You got to come into the yeah. Owls' nest and you got to steal one on Friday night. Another game involving Knoxville area school against Chattanooga area school. You've got Soddy Daisy and Knox Catholic. This is a road trip for Soddy Daisy on uh, on Friday. Cleveland had the lead against Knox Catholic, had them on the ropes. They just couldn't land that knockout blow. Catholic was able to get back in it, and they got the win. Remember, Knox Catholic is the school where all the UT coaches were sending their kids 
uh, at one time. Butch Jones's son is is a wide receiver, a defensive back, and he's also the long snapper at Catholic. And he broke his collarbone in the third quarter last week, so he is not going to be uh, to be available. Um, and and he's not the only guy. I think Knox Catholic is down. I think they're down a running back. They may even have a backup quarterback they're having to go with. They're playing a lot of young kids. They're playing a whole lot a whole lot more sophomores than what they would normally be playing at uh, at Knox Catholic. If they can get those kids up and ready to go by playoff time, Knox Catholic can be a can be a factor in this again. Um and Catholic, by the way, one of the few private schools, I think Columbia Academy is a part of this as well, one of the few mm-hmm. private schools that have elected to accept the multiplier and stay in the publics, but this is Knox Catholic's last year competing with the public schools. They're going D2 next year. If Knox Catholic can take down Side Daisy in this one, I mean, they're, they're the favorites in this one. They, they might just secure the home playoff first, which could help them because we're talking about once they get in the playoffs, if they can get everything rolling, they'll be, you know, pretty good. They've been impressive with the wins over Cleveland and Baylor. Their loss, you know, came against Maribel, okay, just Maribel. Um, but that old line has some power five prospects, and they have a great defense. I mean, you, you look at the Baylor game a few weeks ago, they forced four turnovers from that Baylor offense. Um, and they're just, they're just, you know, phenomenal on defense. They are, you know, they're facing an offense that, you know, Chambers threw for 2,100 yards last season, but they've been rush heavy this season, even with using Chambers in that rush attack. Saudi has an O line too. Uh, I think the difference is Knox, Cal- Knox Catholic has the talent. The side Daisy definitely kind of has that experience where you were talking about earlier. Knox Catholic is a little bit young, a little bit green um, out there. No pun intended for the Irish out there on the field. Well, Saudi Daisy has their offensive line. They're big. I mean, they've got yeah. size, and they have shown flashes. I think of being really talented. I mean, you and I talked about it uh, back on Monday's podcast about. Mm-hmm. Where would we, you know, where does Saudi Daisy fall? You had them in your top five. Um, I had them at number six in mine. I said if we had a number six, it would be Saudi Daisy. They were right there for me. I still want to see them beat a good team. But, you know, again, they have been wildly inconsistent. If they play well, if they play up to their ability, they've got a chance to either beat Knox Catholic or take them – you know, take them down to the wire. They had a 21 nothing lead in this game last year. I think it was 21 nothing, And they couldn't close the deal on them. So if Saudi Daisy can figure this thing out and put it all together, I think they could be another one of those teams that have a shot. But I agree with you. This is a game, at least on paper, you look at it, you go compare, start comparing rosters and, and, and taking a look at this game. It's one that Knox Catholic should win. Let's move on to the big one. If we had a game of the week, this would be our game of the week. Bradley and Cleveland. I'm going to be straight up and honest with you, Chandler. Both teams come in at one and two. Cleveland beat William Blunt. They lost to Bearden. We talked about the game against Knox Catholic. Bradley's one and two. They beat Walker Valley. They lost to Farragut. They lost to Ottawa. I think Cleveland is down from last year. 
I think Bradley is down from last year. I got no flipping clue who wins this game. None. I think this game is this game has the potential to be one of two things. It's either going to go down as one of the all-time classics in this series or it will be a game that will set the sport of football back 50 years because there'll be so many turnovers in it. You know, Chris, the thing about Cleveland that surprised me, I wish I would have just looked at Cleveland's schedule before I did my rankings on Monday. Because, you know, they came within a score of beating an undefeated number 10 in 6A Bearden, okay? And, you know, within a touchdown of beating that team and number 2 in 5A Knox Catholic, who we've already talked about. If they get yeah, all the cards going they, right. They had, they had the lead. They just couldn't hold it. Yeah. Cleveland, to me, I think is the most underrated team in the area, and I think they're not getting a lot of looks. And i be honest with you, I didn't give them the look either when I did my rankings. And so I'm very disappointed myself I didn't see that. But they're very underrated. They, they've taken care of, of, of business in the region so far. I look at their schedule and say, wow, this, this is a grueling schedule. And they're still in the driver's seat, honestly, because they have everything in front of them. All they got to do is win those games, pull out those wins. Bradley Central, they took the loss against Ottawa. So now they're having to fight back to get in this region, to get in the playoffs again, maybe a home playoff game. That's tough when you don't take care of business here. They could be looking at the play. You know, if they don't take care of business in this game, Chris, Bradley Central could be looking at the playoffs from the couch. Um, you know, you know, with the rivalry of Cleveland coming in, Cleveland is coming in kind of as an underdog here. You know, you kind of expect Bradley Central to come in and win this thing. I, I, you know, maybe barely, but they expect them to come in and win this thing just because they're Bradley Central and Cleveland just looks to be down. But this one, you're right, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, I don't even know that a weapon like Trey Curry is going to make a, that much of a difference in a game where these two teams are so evenly matched, first of all. But second of all, it's a rivalry game. Well, and I, I think this game will come down. I, I'm joking when I when I say that earlier about, you know, the turnovers and, and this game being so ugly, it sets the sport back. But I do really think this game comes down to turnovers. I think the the team that is that commits the fewest number of turnovers will win this game. That's that's what and I realize, man, that is such a cop out and that is such a cliched thing to say. But I'm telling you, in this game, this year, I believe that more than any other time. More than any other time. I would love to go to that game on Friday because it is going to be the game to watch because of the craziness that goes on. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about Marion County, South Pittsburgh, and we were talking about the Rivals earlier. I think the difference that Bradley Cleveland has is, that, you know, more times than not, it's a close game with Marion County, South Pittsburgh. It's usually one-sided most of the time with Bradley's Central Cleveland. I think if you go back and look at it, you know, it's not as one-sided every year. It's more close games like this. It's crazy. You just kind of have that, like, you don't know who's going to win, you know, at all. Any, any year that you do it, no matter who's coming in hot and who's not. Let's get into our picks before we uh, wrap it up. Chandler, you got get, give me three winners this week. Who's your three winners? I'm going Bradley Central Cleveland. I've got to go with Cleveland. I just think that Cleveland is so underrated. I think they're an underdog in this one. I think the rivalry plays into this. I like Cleveland in this one. And and you know what? I think Cleveland's going to be the team I go on the bandwagon with this year with. I may hop off the Chattanooga Central bandwagon, as uh, is, 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 is bad as that sounds. Central folks, you heard it. He is, he is completely <laughs> turncoat now. Absolutely. He's such the Fairweather <laughs> fan. 
such the fair. Lose one game to Notre Dame, get blown out by Notre Dame, and he's done with you. Well, <laughs> I defended them. I defended them Monday. I got one foot on, one foot off. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm struggling here. That was, a, that was a, yes, that was a a non-committal commitment. I think is what we got out of you Monday, <laughs> where Chattanooga Central is concerned. Oh, but, uh, you know, you go you go to the uh, the Saudi Daisy Knox Catholic game. I want to. I want to pick Saudi Daisy. I think they can pull the upset, but I got to go with Knox Catholic. I, I think that this is the game that Knox Catholic wins, but it's closer than a lot of people expect. I just think. I just don't think Saudi Daisy can get the job done and get Knox Catholic. I, I, I'll go with Central East Ham. I think that was going to be closer than what most people think it is. Um, and I, like I said, I've still got one foot on the Central bandwagon, so I got to pick Central on this one. But I think it'll be close, and East Hamilton could. Make it close enough to get an upset, but I gotta go with Central. That's my gut. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, you know, that's that's a game that I could see going either way. I just feel like Central right now is is maybe a little bit better than East Hamilton, but I agree with you. I think it has a chance to be a good one, but I'll take Central to get the win in the uh, battle of the winless. Um, I like S- uh, Signal Mountain to finally get a win over East Ridge. I like Udawa to beat William Blunt. I like Knox Catholic to knock off Saudi Daisy, as we talked about. And uh, I think Cleveland and Bradley, again, the opportunity for that to be just an absolute all-time classic in that series, I think is really high. I think you could also show up Friday night and see a really, really ugly football game. But I think Cleveland makes the fewest turnovers and I think Cleveland wins that game. So that will do it for us this week on SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, we do it twice a week. We'll be back with you on Monday taking a look back at this uh, Friday night's action of high school football again. Check out our Facebook page, SETN Preps. Uh, You can uh, like the page while you're there. Find us on iTunes. You can listen to the show on iTunes. Uh, Just go to the SETN Preps podcast you can find us there Uh, you can subscribe rate and review on itunes we would appreciate it very very much if you would take the time to do those things and so that is um that's going to do it for us this week chandler week five here we go Uh, i it's it's amazing how fast this season has moved yeah it's amazing how entertaining this season has been so far when you look back We've had some really entertaining games. We've had some shockers. So I'm looking forward. Here's to the second half of uh, high school football season. We will break it all down for you again coming up on Monday. Until then, if you don't have a high school football team, for crying out loud, get out and adopt one. Go watch some football on Friday night. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Good luck to your team this week. We'll see you on Monday. So long, everybody.